45 minutes of pod racing. It's like, I can't believe we didn't win an Oscar. Jacob? Fuck you. No! Cut that fool! Oh. They wanna act stupid, gun fuck that fool! When I cock that pool, nigga, run your damn jaw! Oh. we fuck around and lay you up in your own blood pool, nigga! Oh. Hunt you down, nigga, run your ass down! Stop. Unleash the house, till them niggas to gun your ass down! Stop it! You frontin' like this was a thing of the past! But with tattoos over the stars, a nigga left on your ass! My niggas think lopsided, bust they got cross-sided in the subways, they rob trains running alongside it! Bust you motherfucker, we don't play for that shit! And if you want your shit back, you had to pay for that shit! You little costume niggas, drop a room niggas, get you in the night or early in the afternoon! I didn't really know we started yet. Alright, so welcome to Rage of Sigmar. My name is Jacob Berry, and I will be your assistant associate co-guest star. And let's welcome our star host of the show, Joseph Pagano. Hi. So, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us about your interest in Age of Sigmar? Since we're already really being disjointed, why don't you tell us about how you got into Warhammer and Age of Sigmar, and then we'll edit it so this actually seems like it has a semblance of sense. All right, so uh, how old was I? And then 2004, maybe, I was walking down the street in Queens, New York. I uh, walked past the Games Workshop, got lured in by a sales associate with my uh, good friend Mark, and gave us a demo game of Lord of the Rings and a demo game of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. We both bought a bunch of shit, not knowing anything about it. Uh, probably spent like $400 on unplayable stuff and dark elves, you know what I mean? Like, just oh, like, you, you bought Karazhan? What? What? I bought uh, a bunch of old school dark elf stuff back then, but like I, I didn't know that you like you had like core and like rare and <laughs> and like elite slots. So I just bought shit so that you looked cool. Seven hundred boxes of executioners, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And then um, I kind of learned the game a little bit then, and uh, that was of course Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and gave it up when I uh, started talking to women and started playing in bands and. Then when I moved to California in 2013, I got I got heavily back into Warhammer Fantasy, which is where I met you. And uh, sorry. yeah, we went on a played a bunch of tournaments together, did a bunch of traveling, drank a lot of beer, did a bunch of other shit. Then uh, Warhammer Fantasy was uh, taken out behind the woodshed and shot in the back of the head by GW. I thought it was living in a farm upstate. Okay, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and I rage quit really hard. I cried a lot. I played a lot of, uh, World War II miniature games and became that guy, that weird guy that's, like, really just trying to see what... It's a Nazis? Uh, maybe. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what you mean by became. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I got into that stuff for a while and, uh, tried out that tournament scene, which is just... I don't want to bash it too much. It's just not my scene. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm doing this to have fun. I'm 30 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I have a career. I have a wife. I'm about to have a kid. I go away to play miniature games to have fun, not to have, like, a super serious, like, sweaty, like, almost aggravated and just not fun experience. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather go and and get – I got talked – like, the last bolt action tournament I went to, for example, I got talked to about drinking within being there for, like, 30 minutes. 
You know what I mean? And like, right. yeah, I know it's nine in the morning, and yeah, I know I slammed like four IPAs, but I'm just trying to get rid of my high, my hangover. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not like I'm I'm not trying to get drunk again, people. Like, have some sense. I'll save that for like ten thirty in the morning, not fucking nine. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not a hobo. You're, you're a man. You're a man of sense and character. Yeah. So, and so, talk to me about the about how your your transition into AOS has been so far. What's what's motivated that? Well. All right, I dabbled in AOS when I first, when it first came out. Like you know this, but I guess this is for people who won't listen to this. The people who aren't no, even I'm there. No, I was a shitty listener, and I <laughs> forgotten how you got into AOS. Okay, okay so <laughs> I played a bunch of games with you back when there was no real rule set, and uh, it was just disheartening because it's like something that you have to take and like play in a narrative sense. And we have always been kind of competitive people. Yeah. So we're being like, oh, let's just try and go, you know, how do you abuse this? You know what I mean? And we would totally yeah. abuse the shit out of it. And then that wasn't fun. Cause it was a game that was like, like when we were trying to balance it out with, with wounds, yeah. that was just not, it wasn't a game. You know what I mean? It was an unfinished product. Was yeah. The thing you, it, you kept saying to me the most. Yeah. It was like, it was like EA gaming made a Warhammer game. You know what I mean? Like you, you <laughs> buy the core game for 60 bucks and then you had to pay all this extra money for all the extra shit that you want. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, dude. And then, like, that's when I got into Bolt Action. And, like, honestly, I'm not going to plug Bolt Action too much in this podcast. It's a fucking excellent game. It's super fun. It's ridiculously cinematic. But it's also, not to make anyone upset who plays Warhammer 40K here, because I have 40K Army too, and I play it. It's just that that its scene is as competitive as the Warhammer 40K scene, and it's just sure. too serious. Like, if I get it if we're playing in the top tables towards the end of a tournament. Like, I'm going to give you a serious game. But if it's, like, round three and I've already lost two games, I'm just having fun. And if you're not having fun, yeah. too, dude, you're not what I'm looking to play. You know what I mean? Like, definitely, like, definitely. I mean, I know you feel the same way about uh, how I do about games. You know what I mean? And, like, how we approach playing like you've won several best sports and i've won one second best sports in my life so <laughs> you went to a two per- you, you played with your friend and you made him vote for you <laughs> i intimidated him no remember you were there when i won my second best sports know, at I'm... uh the infernal two that was great that was that was fun it was a good time uh, i was trying yeah, not and, to and really look, hard if you're if you're interested in bolt action podcasts i'd recommend cast dice that's c-a-s-t D-I-C-E. They cover a wide variety of, of games. If you want to listen to someone talk about Bolt Action, go there, because this is not it. Uh, I was going to say, if I plug a Bolt Action podcast, it'd be Snafu. Those guys are pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Well, now, now we both have things we've plugged. I definitely don't listen <laughs> to Cast Dice, but uh, the Dwellers made fun of the guy who runs that, that cast a lot, so I thought I would add to making fun of that guy who I don't know on why, the internet. So why did they make fun of him? That's not nice. Because <laughs> he kept plugging a show on their show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, all right, so how did I get into the hobby? Well, uh, no one cares. Yeah, good talk. Cool. <laughs> right. so, this has been Rage of Sigmar. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. All right, sorry, dude. Good no, you're good, man. Good uh, all right, so how I got into the hobby? Uh, I didn't really drink in high school, but when I went to college, I started drinking pretty heavily and smoked a lot of weed, um, and that was when I first really became an alcoholic. Um, I'm sorry, were we talking about Warhammer or drinking? <laughs> They're synonymous at this point, okay, dude. Yeah, good, good. Well, then I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, no, actually, um, I don't know if I've told you the story. I started playing 40K when I was in, like, fourth grade because there were some fifth graders at my school who played 40K. Uh, so there were some fifth graders at your school whose parents had a lot of money to waste on them? Uh, I, we're saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 
frog frog protection. Yeah, exactly. Frog protection. Frog protection. Frog, um, frog protection. And so I started playing Tyranids when I was probably like ten, um, and I really enjoyed it. And I played 40k on and off throughout high school. After college, I started playing some 40k and quickly like realized how boring it was. Um, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to like shit on 40k. This is a different edition and. I played an army that was very cut and dry. I played Dark Eldar, and you could just you could look at what your opponent brought and look at what you had and say like I'm going to win if I do these two things on the first turn, or I'm going to lose if I don't do those things. Um, so it was very point and click, and that really bored the shit out of me. And that was when I started playing Fantasy, which was in I think you nailed it, probably like 2013, out in Oakland with the Leadership Two group, a bunch of degenerates, uh, some of whom still play AOS. Uh, Notably, Joe Urban and Tony Pacheco. They, and, got, they uh, got a new club name now, right? Scroll yeah, Caddies. Scroll Caddies, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then I played some AOS when it first came out after they, they blew up 8th edition. And it was, you know, one part of it was that I, it was not really a finished rule set um, with points and scenarios. But another part of it was there was so much negativity around it in the scene, like people who, who felt really justified in being burned by, by Games Workshop. Uh, Chad, uh, Chad Pond? Chad Pond and Tenjil and Colonel, you know. Me. Just to name a few people, probably you a little bit. Um, it, we're just not, not okay with it, and it, it really put a damper on my interest because my interest in fantasy was always in the scene, right? And, like, the people I was interacting with and getting super drunk and maybe playing Warhammer and having an excuse to go get drunk on a Thursday night or going having an excuse to get drunk on a Friday morning, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I stopped playing AOS um, and moved out here to Nashville, didn't really play much, and then talking with Joe Urban, a good buddy of ours, who was always a faithful GW lover. He's like, hey, look, there's this new General's Handbook. It really changed a lot of things. They finally have points. They have scenarios that aren't just like run across the table and kill each other. You should give it a shot. Like, well, I'm playing Malifaux, this game's a lot of fun, but I'll give it a shot. And I I ran into some some folks that play Warhammer out here, namely David Griffin. Um, and he's a pretty cool dude, and he runs a tournament out here at NashCon. And I connected with the, the Warhammer group, the AOS group out here, and it turns out a lot of them are alcoholics too. So it was perfect. Yeah, it works. Yep. Yeah, I like Dave Griffin, he, even though he kind of talked a little shit about me, but that's fine. You were being super loud at his tournament, and he texted me saying, Joe Pagano was really loud. I wasn't being loud. I was being quiet. Uh, no, I mean, the joke's on him. You're going to come to his tournament <laughs> next year be super loud instead of going to pull back the next door. I'm bringing, I'm bringing a fucking bullhorn. Oh, my God. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, so anyway, that's my uh, that's my basic intro to, to me in Age of Sigmar. I've been going to Adepticon a couple years in a row now. Uh, Really, I like the scene a lot. People, people play like they want you to have fun, even though they bring some pretty broke dick shit. I mean, the lists are hard as hell, but because of the way the game's been designed, really that usually fits with the theme of the army. I mean, you sometimes get like your mixed destruction lists or mixed order lists. It's like I have three phoenixes and five ballistas and unit of dwarves, and you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's not narrative at all. But like a lot of the really powerful lists you see. They make a ton of sense. It's like Nagash and a billion fucking skeletons. Of course he's the strongest spellcaster. He's a fucking god. And he's going to keep bringing back these skeletons, and you're going to have no way to deal with them. 
that, yeah. that fits the story. It fits yeah. the world we play. I think that's why I got burnt out on other games because, like, uh, a lot of games imply like some sort of setting, and I'm not trying to say bolt action again, but like, oh God, I, if you said Palliser, I'm gonna just quit. I'm gonna yeah. leave. Well, when it's just. It's just not a, it's this, whatever, you can't have a tournament scene for that game. It just doesn't work until someone figures out a way of comping it, because there are things in the game that are just overdone. And now in Age of Sigmar, it's like, no, no holes barred, dude. Like, bring whatever you want. There's no implication of what you should bring, as long as you you just don't act like an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like... Play, play tough shit, but don't be a dick about it. Exactly. Like, I plan on bringing my, my list I'm building right now for the army I'm working on right now, which we'll probably talk about in, like, ten minutes, is very much a competitive list, you know, like... Right, but it's also, it, it, it fits in the, the narrative world, right? Like, you're yeah. talking about huge units of, of Namardi that are gonna, gonna wreck shit because their king's behind them saying, like, hey, go wreck that shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, it, it is what it is, bro. It's not like they're pulling out howitzers or, uh... Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> it's not like they're driving a fucking tiger tank across the undersea world. Making up words. What if you made a tiger... Wait, hold on. Here's an idea for a bolt action army for you. What if you got a bunch of alloplexes from the Ideneth army? I kind of knew that was coming. Like, like tiger sharks, and then you made them into tiger tanks, and you just said, like, hey, this is my army of tiger tanks. I mean, like, I have, like, probably, like, a hundred extra German tank crew heads laying around somewhere. <laughs> Why do you have so many German models? I didn't need to ask you. Uh, no comment. I really, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I didn't know that we were going to go to this pun right away. Uh, this it's is like an open <laughs> joke. I know. And frankly, it's my favorite one. I just can't wait for, like, I know, Ch- I'm going to put this at the end of the podcast. I have to, because Chad yeah. Pond's going to be listening to it. <laughs> and it'll be like when, like, if you read, ever read, like, one of those really, really long green text stories on, like, on 4chan or something, and it's like just goes on and on and it ends up like some sort of like Rick Roll pun or something and you're like, motherfucker! Like, <laughs> just picturing Chad, Chad Bond like throwing his phone across the room <laughs> at the end when we're like, I did not see that coming! Oh, and frankly the joke's never been funny. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good joke, but we use it over and over again. <laughs> My brother and I have a, a running joke that you know, our jokes may not be funny, but over time, over repetition, eventually it will be funny because the infinitely improbable, if repeated an infinite number of times, becomes the inevitable. It's just math. It's just math. Dude, it's honestly, a really, really dumb running joke. <laughs> it's not funny at all. I hate it, but I know if I heard it 30 more times, I'd probably laugh. One time. One time we'd laugh. All right. So, um... What do you, what do you, how these days, man? Uh, well, actually, right now I was kind of putting some base coats on some of the Marty. I've been really working hard on this Deepkin army, which I'm not. Um, I'm like kind of almost getting to hobby burnout because I painted twenty to Marty like in a row. Which is, no, the last couple weeks. It's hard for me to hobby a lot. Yeah. Living, yeah, yeah. living back in New York, you know, what I mean, like uh, just my commute's long. I didn't have a long commute in California at all. And, uh, Which seems pretty counter what the expectation would be. Yeah, but I like I live on in like far out in Queens, which is a full county, right? And yeah. then I work on like the west side of Manhattan, so I have to go through. I take the train through all of Queens and then to the west side of Manhattan. So yeah. it's so it's kind in of. In other news, we've lost every single one of our listeners except for maybe Martin Orlando, who also lives in New York. 
<laughs> he's I, like, oh man, I know all these places. I know this guy's name, and I've seen him like on my people you may know on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna talk a whole bunch of shit about him because I don't know him, and I feel like that's a good way to start a, a friendly relationship. Yeah, man. I think that's that's a great idea. Yeah. Can you hear like a bunch of dishes slamming in the yep. background? Definitely. Definitely sick. Yeah, it makes for it makes for good podcasting. Like just it really, pa- paints, really the, paints a picture of what you're up to. My wife being passive aggressive about me taking time to do this. <laughs> Better than aggressive aggressive. I wouldn't fight her. No, I wouldn't fight her either. Because you're a good person. No. <laughs> <You're wife. laughs> no, I mean like sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, bro. <laughs> it's different, man. Like Oh man. That joke hit on so many levels. <laughs> Oh my god! All so, right, so you're you're bass coding to Marty. I am. I'm working on a bunch of bases for my Stormcast army right now. I went. I'm out of black paint from like the all the normal miniature lines that people have. And frankly, it really bugs me that I have to buy. That <laughs> I have to buy these little tubes of black paint just to do base coats on stuff. But most of my basing and all, any any scheme I do with with rocks, I end up doing with an obsidian sort of scheme. So it's all with black as the base, and so I end up using a lot of black paint. So I went up to a, just like a Michaels or something. It's like Michaels. It's called it's called Pavilion. But I got this. Yeah. It's Golden Brand. It's like one of the main hobby art supply ones, and it's called High Flow Acrylic. And I got this like big ass bottle of it for the cost of what I would pay for a little pot of GW paint. That's so awesome. All the the stone, and I'm also painting up four buildings printed for me. Nice. Are those the buildings he gave you when we were at Nashcon? Uh, two of them are, and one of them is, or and two other ones are ones that he, he gave me this past weekend. I saw him. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited yeah. for him to send me all that stuff I asked him to print for me. Dude, I'm really excited to see all that. It's there. It's really good quality. He got a really good 3D printer for it. Um, yeah. You can like if you look closely, you can see some of the filament lines depending on how thick you go on with your primer. Um, yeah, but you yeah. can just get filling primer, and that fixes all the problems for you. Really? Yeah, I probably yeah. just I'll probably just do that. I mean, I'm really sloppy with primer as it is, so like it makes it look like I'm catching every detail on my models, but it turns out most of the like at least half of the details are completely covered by, by my overthick layers of primer. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I feel like I could take Anthony's terrain. And like, just pretty much just mix glue and and like, like some some glue and some uh, some like cheap acrylic paint from the store together mm-hmm. and slather it on, and it would still have like better quality than the GW terrain that I put together. Oh god, yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, I've seen some of the some of those when they're just being built, and it looks like they're a pain to put together. I'm like a little. I like want my money back. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a real good good luck good luck scoff he gave me right there. Yeah. Well, come on now. Yeah. So you'd have, you'd have more luck getting them to put out an FAQ for your for your units. Which actually seems to happen a lot now. Yeah, which dude. It's kinda cool. That's that's one of the things that I've been so impressed with and like I think is something that'll definitely keep me in this game, in this hobby longer. Is the fact that they're actually responsive to their community now. Yeah, like I think that's the only reason I came back. You know, because we kept telling you they're different. I promise he's changed. He loves me. He just no. I fell. That's that's where this black guy came from. I fell and I deserved it. And it was a doorknob that hit me. Yeah, I was asking for it. I shouldn't have been so stupid. Yeah, 
shouldn't have been putting away dishes so passive aggressively. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. No, it really isn't. We can edit that out, right? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Or what? You're leaving that in, and I you're want, sending it to both the police and my wife. I want everyone to know who you really are. Here's the funny thing. Like, I don't think Sting's going to care. Like, He'll listen to that and be like, who funny Joe Pagano? Why is he sending me these little audio clips? Is that a police joke? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know if I can do this, dude. <laughs> my goal is to make you quit this podcast four times per episode, so we're already at two. Yeah, we're only 25 minutes in, which, like, to our guests, or to the, I don't know, to my wife when she listens to this the one time, it will be, like, 19 minutes because of all the shit I edited it out. I think we're going to have three listeners, and after the show, it'll be one listener. I think Hannah's going to listen one time. Who the hell is that? Uh, she's a friend of mine who I always tell stories about how funny you are, and she thinks you're hilarious. Through the... Wait, through the third, like, wait a second, like, she thinks I'm hilarious, but never met me, never talked to me, she just thinks no, I'm hilarious because like, if you told her, her about shit I, I play, Exactly. I play her the videos that you and I send each other where we're, like, singing and making breakfast. She thinks you're God's gift to earth. Oh, you should, you and should. she's asked me not to use her last name, so I'm gonna. It's Knox, K-N-O-X. That's oh. her last name. <laughs> You showed her the making sausages? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking strange. It's about right. It's about right. Oh. Sausage. So, let's talk about the, that list you were you were mentioning before, because I think people are probably interested in, in what we play and, and how long we've been playing those armies and shit like that. And it, again, if you say howitzer, I'm, I'm gone. Well, uh, howitzer affected me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. uh, I hate everything. Um, no, I'm, I've never played a game of Age of Sigmar, so... So you started a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. Here's my opinion, world. No, I haven't played it. I don't understand the question. <laughs> no, I've played a couple games. Um, I have a Sylvaneth army that I, I kind of neglect, but right now I'm working on some Deepkin, and this will be my tournament army. Uh, the list I'm kind of working on getting done first is two units of 30 to Marty, which is a lot of painting the same fucking model over and over again. <laughs> and they're just thralls. I'm not gonna, the, the Reavers are kind of boring. And then, uh, I don't, they don't do shit on the table. <laughs> yeah, I got six of the eels that do the fucking suicide bomb. Well, it's not really suicide bomb, but like. Is it Echelon? I don't know which one it yeah. is. Uh, the Achillean. Oh, I, I'm sorry. So you're saying the ones that, that are good yeah. on the charge. Yes, yeah, the Morsar Guard, I think. Morsar Guard? I believe you. I don't know. Yeah, so I got those guys. Six. And then I got a Leviathan. And Achillean King is my general. Oh, I'm taking Volturnus. Yeah. And I am taking a Soul Render. No, two Soul Renders and a Tidecaster. That's it. So another one lets you effectively deep strike from a board edge. No, no, I'm taking the one that lets me revive no, dead into Marty. Oh, that's that's right. The one with the, oh, yeah. uh, and I'm gonna run the list more fan, so I can just like bring back D three plus three lots of extra ones. Yeah. every fucking turn. And that'll then, be disheartening to play against, especially if they're, let's say they're in within range of your your turtle, so they're on a four up save, and then maybe you throw a Mystic Shield on them, so they're on a four up rolling ones. Then you're you're bringing back a bunch of them. 
every turn. I'm just thinking I could just inspiring presence. So it's just like, you know, uh, none run away, but I, you killed ten. Who cares? I'm bringing back at least four. Right. And then they hit back like a ton of Brits. Yeah, I just want to say right now that I'm not like completely clear on how all of my rules work. So if I say something wrong, like don't like <laughs> go crucifying me on the internet. Like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. Like I just said, I haven't played the fucking army yet. So Man, I can't wait to be the first person to like comment on this episode. And be like, God, that Joe Pagano doesn't know shit about these rules. Yeah, looking at my book right now, and it says they get this. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. I it's fucking theory hammer. I don't have any of that in me. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. Uh, I got like a good amount of it painted right now. I got uh. Must be nice to take sick days and just paint the whole time. Yeah, well, if you felt like I did, you would. uh... I'm, I can't put that on the episode, dude. Some of my work might listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> the best part is I'm not gonna I'm just gonna edit out what you said before that. And then you're gonna leave in the part you said I can't put that in. So I was gonna be like, what are you fucking talking about? It's his dick. You can't put that. Someone from work might find out. Someone from work might find out I'm yeah, I, I someone from work might find out the worst truth ever. I have a Warhammer podcast. Alright. Wow. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Rough. Man, I'm surprised. Like, I don't. It's am, it's amazing that Dave Whitech has been employed for so long. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That's the Garage Hammer guy. Who? The guy who does Garage Hammer. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're serious. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> so, how many how many of those Namardi do you have done right now? Uh, twenty. Okay. So twenty complete. Uh, I got ten on my table right now. I'm putting base coats on, right. and then I got I got one eel done completely. The rider and oh, all. That's cool. Those eels are really cool models. They've got such good movement in terms of the design. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I painted oh, all my no, I painted all my eels a different color, like so they would look like they were the same species but like different colorations. But I want really bright colors. Yeah, and I'm like almost regretting doing like I you know I sent you the one that's orange and that yeah. one that one looks really fucking good, and then I did one in green that looks alright, and one in blue that looks huh, but it sounds like they don't match. Yeah, I was hoping that it would look like my army had like variety to it, but instead it just look like they have clashing colors. So. Yeah, I've tried. So when I first started doing wood elves back in eighth, I tr- well, I wanted to paint all the horses like different, you know, because horses usually look different. But it really just looks like non-uniform, and there's a lot to be said for the them all looking the same. And like I tried the same thing with my my chaos or my uh, my flesh hounds, like make them all look like different types of dog. And it just it doesn't look doesn't look as good as like having them all have the same unifying scheme. Now I've seen some like historical painters, like guys doing like the Napoleonic shit, mm-hmm. um, do like the different colored horses for everything, and that looks good. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And we are back. We are back. Alright. So, um, I know we talked a little bit about my list, but and I keep not tending to show your way at all. They keep on kind of like, <laughs> just letting you. <laughs> so tell me about what you're working on right now. Yeah, so 
I mentioned I was working on uh, the terrain for my list, but I'm working on a Stormcast Zinch dual army. For some reason, I got in my head that you can save time by making an army that can function as two different armies. So my last army was corn. It's all made up of beastmen, uh, sort of converted with beastmen themes, so that I could play it as both corn or beastmen. But you can I only really play it as corn, right? I've never played a 2,000-point game as beastmen. I've played some skirmish, and there's rumors that beastmen are getting a book in October, which I'll believe it when I see it. I think that's just a lot of, a lot of brain over nothing. But if it <laughs> does, I will probably try to go back and play some beastmen. But anyway, so I'm working on an army that is Stormcast and Zinch mixed together. So it's a bunch of Stormcast models with Zinch heads and Zinch weapons and Zinch iconography. So ideally I'll be able to play it as either Zinch and Zangors and stuff like that. But what I really think I'll end up playing a lot of is Stormcast. Um, and the early version of the list looks like some sequitur, probably two units of five sequiturs, uh, the really powerful battle line unit that just came out with the Soul Wars box. Some Judicators, the Archers, um, two different units of the, the Dracoff Riders, one unit with the, the Spears and one unit with the Hammers. And then I'll have a couple mounted characters, a couple support characters, the Castellant and the Relictor. And I'll, I'm trying to get some of those new uh, Dracoline Riders, the Evocators on Dracolines, which are the people call them the Thundercats or the Kitties, which are super powerful. Uh, and I'm looking forward to those arriving on Tuesday, which leads me into a great plug for one of our other sponsors, Mini Stomp. Look up Landmine or Mini Stomp on Twitter for awesome deals on GW products. I'm pretty sure he has like all the Kill Team and all the 40K stuff out too at a pretty pretty deep discount, which is really sweet. And he's a super awesome guy. He's always highlighting people who are doing cool things in the uh, in the community and the hobby. Again, not really sponsor. Just a really satisfied customer. Man, can you stop with this capitalist bullshit, dude? For real? Yeah, definitely. Can you stop? That'll, yeah. It'll probably save us at least 15 minutes on our on the whole podcast, which is great because you could spend at, like under 15 minutes just on the phone with your Geico agent in order to <laughs> save 15% or more on your car Oh, man, I'm so upset with owning, having Geico. Anyway, um, what I wanted to say to you... Uh, being serious about what this podcast theme is, is coming from someone who doesn't really know the game that well and doesn't know how other armies play. Every list that I tend to make is like, like very low unit count, but high model count. Right. So I have like, like my list of for Eindef has like two units of 30 to Marty Mm -hmm. unit of six eels. Right. My, Mm -hmm. this Sylvanath should have kind of fucked around with is like, just my battle line getting me like 20 dryads and like two units of five. Like, granted, I'm not really good with Sylvaneth and they changed a lot since I was playing them. Yeah. Okay. So like you have like, I'd have one unit of 20 dryads, which probably isn't enough. And two units of five, um, true revenants, the pop around yep. and grab objectives and just yep. die really easily. And then I would take like a bunch of kernel hunters and that would usually be like two units of them, like one of six with sites, one of, Three with bows, yep. and like some big, be- you know, tree lord ancient, maybe spear of Durthu, and a branch with, and a lord master, and that battle line shit, and then boom, that was like two thousand points. So it's yep. like really small unit count, but like your stormcast list sounds like it has so many different units in it. You know what I mean? Like, and so why been, yeah. is that? Like, is well, that been, is that like a more viable way of playing the game, 
or just a better tactic for playing that specific list or that specific probably more specific to Stormcast because Stormcast units are really expensive. Being an elite army, every unit is expensive. You're not going to find cheap stuff to fill up space. Uh, and so I felt like since it's such high quality but really very expensive, I can't afford to have these big units. I can't really afford to have these like the big model count units. So I'm going to go for maybe a little more of an MSU feel. It's really only, there's like three infantry units and three mounted units and then a bunch of characters. So it's not that, it's not that MSU-y. Maybe it is for a Stormcast army. But I think, so I think this game lends itself really well to, to hordes, the way that it's, the scenarios have been playing in the last two General's Handbooks. There's a lot of, you know, you claim this objective if you have 20 more models or whoever has, you can, you can protect different objectives better with more models. You can surround it and make it so you can't score it and stuff like that. Um, but the, the last handbook has more scenarios that le- like lean towards heroes and wizards and, and characters that have artifacts of power. So those hordes are only useful for screening and fighting. Right? They don't actually get to claim the objectives. Okay, so the new General Handbook has winning conditions that involve you actually having to have a magic item on somebody? Yeah, so one of them is, I think it's called Three Places of Arcane Power or something like that. But basically, the only models that can claim an objective either have, the, have to have the wizard keyword or have to be a hero with, a, with an artifact on them. Hmm. So that's a reason right there to have at least three characters and at least have two wizards and one guy that has a, an artifact on him, or if you have a Italian. Are there any armies... Put some redundancy in it. Are there any armies in this game that don't really have wizards? I don't know. There's a couple. There's Fire Slayers, and there's uh, Dispossessed, and your Caradron. Yeah, like, and Corn doesn't have any wizards either. Uh, they, most of them can ally in wizards. Um, yeah, but, but it that, also... It has included in it that, that part about having a, a hero with a, an artifact, I think, for that reason. So yeah. you get one artifact stock, and then... You can get other ones from having battalions. They clarified in the FAQ that special characters don't count as having an artifact. So okay. Volturnus will never be able to score that objective. And that, that is yeah. stupid. Yeah, I think it's also because there's there's some artifacts that say, like, um, there's one that says uh, if this model's in base contact with another model, that model can't use any of the abilities from its artifact of power. Which, like, oh, great, you turn off Nagash's plus three to cast, and his plus three spells, and his four up against mortal wounds. You just turn off all the special abilities for any special character. Wow. Yeah, so I think that's, that's probably why they did that. I think they also want to make sure that you're doing, you're building balanced lists, which I like. I feel like Games Workshop has never really looked that deep into anything like that, you know what I mean? Like... Uh... <laughs> No offense to the guys who make the shit that I buy constantly, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No offense. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep giving you my money. But yeah. take some offense to this. Like, literally, right now, I am the girlfriend in high school that you cheated on that now is, like, <laughs> crawling back to you, even though you still have the same car, and this you're, like, still reliving your football years from 15 years ago. Like, that's where I'm at right now. That was a really specific reference. I've been there. <laughs> Who hurt you? Okay, you're not going to tell me who hurt you. That's fine too. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think she can I think hear, the way she can hear me. Like, 
I think the game, the way the game is built right now, you can be successful with so many different types of lists. You can have giant hordes. You can have MSU sort of fast units that can redeploy quickly. You can have your heavy hitters. You can have durable units that that don't really pack a punch, but are not going to die. Stuff that comes back quickly as long as they don't get wiped out. So there's right now it's sort of the wild west days again because they just released the new edition. Everyone's sort of figuring out what's what. The early contenders are obviously in the gash is really strong. But honestly, like, that's how a meta develops, right? Something is good, and then the good counter develops, and people take that. And then the good counter to that counter develops, and then people start taking that. So everyone who's whining about Nagash being overpowered, just wait four months. Like, there's there's good stuff out there. There's, yeah, like, Order Draconis apparently is, like, just wrecking Nagash all over the place. It's, you're t- people are taking, like, four Dragon Lords, and they do, it's like, within 12 inches, they do... D6 mortal wounds, and it just, it just, it's not a shooting attack, so they can run and do it. It's oh. it's good and powerful, but like there's easy counters to that because most armies have stuff that's like rerolling to hit or does extra stuff against monsters. So it's all a cycle. I think people who are, who are saying like Nagash is broken or needs to get fixed are like, need to fix Hand of Dust. It's super powerful. Like no, you can build against it and be creative, and that's how the game has always been. There's always been stuff that's strong, and then there's always strong stuff to counter it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're like, especially for guys like us that always tend to play like we're in a tournament setting. Yeah. Like you're bringing a list that's an all-comers. Like if you got a buddy who brings Nagash and is like a, a douchebag about it, like you build that list to fuck Nagash up and you shove that shit down his throat. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. and then you also have a good idea of how to do that in a tournament because you can expect to see a list of Nagash in it. You can expect to play that every tournament. And like maybe it's weird that, you know, that five people in the top six tables at this tournament are playing the gash, but that just means that no one was prepared for it. These guys recognized that he was powerful. Why didn't everyone else recognize it was powerful and think about how to respond to it? So do you think that, like, a majority of the Ideness Deepkin lists that you'll see, like, just from my own experience, right? Like, I don't want to be the guy that's playing the list that... Because when I... Let me restart this. <clears throat> Coming from my experience in playing Dark Elves and 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, right? Like, there were a lot of times I rolled up to the table and the guy groaned and was like, oh, Dark Elves again. And I'd be like, you know, man, like, I just like this fucking army, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not even good with it. I never, I never got above, I never got, like, above, like, fucking 30th hey, you place. Got, you got ninth place at the largest tournament west of the Mississippi. With Orcs and Goblins. Was that with Orcs and Goblins? Uh, yeah. Or? At QCR? I, yeah, I never, I never podi- I never even got close to to doing well with my dark elves. Place is basically podiuming. It, it, anyway, I never got close to any, like, nine, my, my my top score ever was uh, eighth. I got eighth place at uh, Alamo, but that was yeah. with the orcs and goblins also. So yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, I don't think you're going to catch groans or catch flack for running Idenf. I okay. think there's people talk about Idenf like they're they're like the bottom of the the good tier, or they're the top of the like it plays fine tier. Um, well, that, I think that makes have... me upset because I wanted to actually win with this at this game. <laughs> no, so okay, so the way people tend to talk about tiers in Age of Sigmar is they talk about how many games they can expect to win at a five game tournament. So people say this is a five zero list, or like this is a four one list. Or if they're really trying to talk shit, they'll say it's a three and two list. People tend to put Idenf at 
four and one, which I think is reasonable. The thing is, it all comes down to how well you play and how well you can respond to your opponent's threats. And like, if you bring a balanced list, if you bring a list that has has tools, it's also just about how good you are. In like, the, there was a guy that won one of the GW heats with squigs, and that was in the middle of a meta that was was really strong and really heavily weighted towards like some really strong Stormcast and really strong Mixed Order and Mixed Chaos, and Zinch was super powerful. This guy went out there with like giant units of squigs, and he just knew how to play it super well, and he like bounced all over people. So who well, Is that like a literal thing, because they're squigs? The squig hoppers? That was, that was or... a joke. I'm glad, I'm glad you caught that. It was, right, it was really subtle, the joke that I was making. Uh, what? Subtle. Can you use that in a sentence? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob Berry is not a subtle person because he makes sure all of his jokes are really obvious. Oh, I thought that was like a weird, like, uh, dominatrix thing with the sub in the <laughs> word sub, subtle. Why, why has it got to be weird? What's weird about having a non-vanilla sub-dom relationship? I just don't want a picture with this at all in my head. Mm. Well, me and Hengel are happy, so you don't get to judge yeah. us. He's my... Um... He's your father? Yeah, he's my adopted dad, and that's just because I'm trying to get in the will. <laughs> Amen. I just want those season tickets to the Warriors, which is probably worth $50,000. Yeah, that's insane. Anyway, we're not a sports to- podcast. Welcome, welcome to Rage of NBA, the NBA podcast about hating everything because the Warriors are good. Yo, everyone in New York is super sour about that, and I'm like, well, come on, guys. The Knicks have been trash forever. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Be happy for them. Like, they drafted almost all those guys. Well, now that they got cousins, and anyway, we're not a sports podcast. No, we're not. Uh, all right, so, I, did I even answer your question? What was your question? I don't remember. Are I enough good? No, that, and I wanted to know if people were going to be, like, burnt out on them when I, uh, no, you know no. what I mean? Okay, I think good. people would have that response to... Well, in the last book, Zinch was that way. People were like, oh, I don't want to play Change Host. Uh, and I think that, to an extent, people will feel that way about playing against Nagash right now. Because Death has some really powerful tools, and people haven't figured out how to answer that. But I don't think outside of that... Maybe Stormcast are, gonna, are sort of that way, because they just have so many War Scrolls. People feel like they have all the tools. 53 War Scrolls is a lot. But if you think about it, them having all those War Scrolls means that you have access to all that also, Joe. Because everybody can ally with Stormcast. So if you don't like one of your unit choices, you're just like, you know what, I'm throwing in a unit of the Dracoline Riders, some Evocators, and they're going to be in my Ideneth list. Yeah, they won't have access to your Tides of Doom, but you have access to uh, anything that's in the Stormcast. And I get that people are like, I don't, I don't want to play out of faction. I get that, but the game was also designed with allies in mind. So if you don't have something in your list... You can't complain that you don't have access to it if you have it as an ally. You know, Daughters of Cain have some great, great resources. And I'm pretty sure Ibneth can ally with them too, right? I don't think so. Oh. There you go. Hey, let me go look in the book. I was going to wrap that whole tangent up. You went on on uh, with a, like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention, but... Then I asked you a question. Yeah, I know. He got me. <laughs> gotcha, sucker. Gotcha, bitch! You're on too much tuna. Uh, we need to do that. Yeah, I really wanted to like rock up to a table and just pull out a tuna fish sandwich. Like, here's my army. 
Got you good, you stupid bitch. What if you painted all your items like tuna? They are painted like tuna. Nice. Yeah. And then when you overwhelm them with Namardi, they're like, I can't handle all those attacks. You're like, is that too much tuna? Yeah. I'm really, like, upset about how many attacks I'm going to have to roll out of tournament. I need to get a wrist yeah, brace. You poor, you poor thing. <laughs> You're going to have to roll 211 attacks. That's but not, only in that one turn. There's no way they're all going to get into combat on turn three no, like no, that. They're on 32 mil bases. You'll get, like, half of it at most. Yeah, but still, not even that. Like, oh, probably most of them, a lot of them will be dead by then. They're, they die pretty easy. Yeah, but your whole goal is to bring them back, right? Yeah, but they don't come back that fast. You know what I mean? They die faster than they come back. You get you get six back automatically a turn, plus... Uh, no, I don't get six back automatically a turn, because I'm not taking... Um, You're not taking that battalion? I'm not taking the battalion, because I don't want to take uh, Reavers. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Reavers kind of weak. And then, here's the thing, is it's like, in the battalion, it says, like, it's like one soul, soul render. Yeah. So, only that one soul render gets that thing. Or I can just have it be D3 plus 3, and then have two soul renders. And then, it doesn't... Do you do Morphin? Yeah, I don't think it says that it... I gotta check the book. I'm pretty sure it's not just one of them. No, what I'm trying to say is, I'm, I also think that, like, two of them can do it on the same unit. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't have that built in. Because... The death book came out in the same time frame as I had death book did. And and death can can activate it's like healing and putting back models thing on on the same unit multiple times. Yeah, so like I could theoretically with a good roll I could bring back twelve of them a turn from for one unit. So it's D three plus three? D three plus three, but I have two soul renders. Right, so, right, like, so on a good roll. So know, it'd be it'd be six plus two D three. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty solid. I mean, it's pretty fucking annoying when you're trying to kill them, and you're like, hi. But they do they do die easy, like you said. I mean, five ups, five ups, decent. But I mean, I'm always gonna have a turtle nearby, dude, unless you kill my turtle somehow. Which... Does turtle say holy within, or is it just units within sixteen? Um, I really should just get the book. Why don't you pull out your book, dude? It's on the other side of my apartment. Oh, uh, okay. Hang, well, we can hang on. Dooby 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 doo. Musical interlude. Yeah. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Wah 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 wah. Why am I singing old porno music? Banana na na na. I guess it's just jazz. But a dooby hot moment is that skibidi wop doo. Yeah. All right. Um, so are you checking the turtle range? Turtle range. Turtle yeah. range. Um, twelve. Holy within twelve. Well, that's gonna be tough then to keep them on a on a four up. Because holy within twelve means you're gonna. I mean, I guess he's faster than they are. So you just leave a turtle sized hole in that unit, and he goes up with them. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. That's good. I wouldn't want you to be worried. <laughs> well, that's good. You're not going to win a lot. Like, oh, who cares? <laughs> I should have said that. That would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that again. We could edit it. <laughs> well, that's good. You're not going to win much. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jacob. <laughs> I can't wait that to... That's a funny I'm... joke. I'm so glad I said that as soon as you gave me the opening. <laughs> I can't wait to edit it like Tim and Eric. <laughs>
<laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Um, what am I doing? Uh, cocaine. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. 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 All right. What am I doing? All right. Sorry. So, I was thinking we could we could talk a little bit about what we envision this podcast being about. Obviously Warhammer, but like You're recording you know, this? What's that? I'm not, are you? We, no. I thought you were gonna do it. Fuck. Oh shit. Uh, uh so personally, because you're new into the game and I've been playing a while, but you know, I don't claim to know shit, I sort of see this as as a way for new people to get into listening to dumbass podcasts where people process their way through the new edition. You know, we're all sort of feeling our way through AOS 2.0 together. And while you're learning it and I'm relearning it, this is a chance for us to sort of figure it out as we go together. We're obviously not going to be like the Mortal Realms podcast. Shout out to the Mortal Realms podcast. And talk about all fluff. Oh, there's some guys that they, they review books and stories and they're very narrative based and they're some sweet guys. A guy named Eric and a guy named Paul. I think there's a Dan in there somewhere. But I, I'm friends with Eric and, and Paul. And we're probably not going to be as in-depth as like your Face Hammer, which they basically do army book reviews and tournament recaps and really serious competitive stuff. I sort of think we're going to fall somewhere in the middle in that we have no real value to add. So like once people have finished listening to all their podcasts for that month, maybe we'll have an episode out and they'll listen to it. Oh, that sounds good. That's like setting the bar real low. It's hard to be disappointed, I know. Right, right. Yeah? You can't fail if you shoot really low. <laughs> so you're basically telling me that we're going to be the skull bros of Age of Sigmar? Uh, you know, what have you been masturbating to lately? <laughs> Who's your favorite porn star? You know, uh, I wrote into the skull bros and asked them about their thoughts on one of my, on my favorite at the time porn star. <laughs> yeah, I remember I listened to that episode and they were like... Uh, it was, Jacob, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was really funny because when you were like, you like rip rotor a new asshole for talking shit to Austin Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, also, what do you guys think about Mia Khalifa? <laughs> you did listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, that's hey, funny. Let's, uh, right now, let's introduce. So we're going to have a, a Twitter. It's going to be Rage of Sigmar. I don't even know. we got to make sure we can get Shut that up. Twitter I'm handle. I'm making this happen. I'm going to make it. Right now. And if you have questions or if you have any feedback you want to leave us, you can you can leave that either in a DM or just on our Twitter. And we will read a couple every month or week or however often we make this podcast. So never because this is the first <laughs> and last episode. Like, I don't even know how to host a podcast. So we're going to have to figure this out. Uh, you've just been sitting there while I ask questions. What Which not? I, it's working great because you're no. funny and I ask questions. <laughs> no, I mean like host it on the internet so that people can download it. <laughs> like, you're, yeah, know. you've been doing good. I ask the questions and you're sitting there being funny. Oh. And then you just do that and then it shows up on iTunes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. That's, that's how it works. Uh, that's funny. So here's here's the let's get to the main topic of our show, which is. The new edition, right? It's obviously been out for about a month and a half now. And I know, so you played in first edition, and you, you know, talked about it here and there, and you didn't really interact with the rules much. But how have you felt like the new rules have have changed the game for you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't played a game of it yet. 
<laughs> set you up to fail on that one. But let me tell you what you think, Joe, because I've played several games of Age of Sigmar 2.0. I even played in a tournament in Age of Sigmar 2.0. If it's six people, it doesn't count as a tournament. It's more like a, it's your turn, a meant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not like a oh, tournament. <laughs> that was really funny. That was good. No, I, here's what I think. I think that there's a couple of mechanics they put in that really make the game more interactive. When they added the, when they made it harder to get double turned, I think that's really a lot of fun. So if there's a tie, the player who just went gets to choose who goes next. So that you, if you tie, you can't get double turned on the the priority roll. I think that's a really good piece that they added in. I also think that the way they did endless spells, so whoever is going first in the turn, or I'm sorry, so you alternate moving the endless spells that are on the table. And the person who is not going first gets to pick the first endless spell to move. So if you cast an endless spell at me, let's say you threw a purple sun at me and killed one of my models or whatever, and then we roll for priority and you're going first, so you're about to get the double turn, I would get to choose the first endless spell to move. So I could move that back at you and kill some of your shit. So there are some negatives to going first. There's also a scenario where if you hold an objective and you went first that turn, you get one point. If you went second, you get three points. So it gives you an incentive to go second strategically. So there's a couple of little subtle things they put in there to make the double turn, which is one of the biggest, I think, points of contention, you know, like for a lot of people in the community, um, that really makes it a lot more sort of engaging. And even if you get double turned, you get to do some stuff before you lose the rest of your army. See, a lot of games I've played in the post-Warmer Fantasy Battles world do you have, yeah. like, the ability for a double turn or, like, a pseudo double, tur- double turn? So it never really bothered me that much because it was, like, just, like, the landscape of gaming that I was encountering right after then. Well, I think it, I think it makes the game a lot more strategic. There's a lot more ebbs and flows of momentum. I think it really works. But I know some people really hate it, and they really think that it's bad for the game. They think that it makes for a bad play experience. And to those people, I would say, Mac, just grow up and play better. But I would also say... <laughs> play better. You can... Basically, get good, sucker. All right, so here, here's my question, right? Like, um, from the games that we've played, does Malifaux have the ability for a double turn? Sort of. You sort can of, right? Chain activate. You can you can chain into getting more than one in a row. Okay. So, like, because like, yeah, Malifaux doesn't have like a strict turn. It's more like a you it's go. Totally- I, yeah, it's a turn is you go, I go, you go, I go, right? until everyone's activated all their stuff. Okay. So, both action... <sighs> oh, it's a dice bag draw, right? So you just pull a dice out of a bag. You could go, like, get, like, five in a row, which could be really good, or it could really suck, especially if your opponent's, like, in cover and shit, and you want him to move... A howitzers. Yeah, or if I have a lot of howitzers. Um, so, like, I don't think it's a big deal. And I, like, I, I know people like to bitch about it. Um, yeah. I know that it can be huge. Sometimes, which is could be frustrating, especially if you're like playing things, an army. Things I never hear. Yeah, yeah, you've never heard that. But like, nope. all right, think about this. Right, so you playing a guy with Deepkin, because it's the only army I have any reference with, and then he's like gets bottom of turn two, mm-hmm. and then top of three, and then top of three. That's brutal. That'll be pretty ball busting. The thing is, though, that's not a double I turn, though, right? That's just like a regular. Oh, that, I mean, that's that's the double turn everyone complains about. And that's also probably the most impactful one for an Ignite player to get. Yeah. But I'll also say this. like that's If I didn't plan for that and I put myself in a position to get 
stomped on? Because I, I know you're going next. Regardless. Regardless of you getting two turns in a row, what I what I should know is that you're gonna go next. So I should have a setup like I should have a plan in place for what happens during yeah, your turn. Because you know that that turn everyone in my army is fighting first, which does exactly. so it just you know that this is the world of hurt turn for whoever's playing against an IDF player. Turn three is right. the turn that they're all looking forward to with a, a raging hard on, so you know what I mean? <laughs> and then and then they play Warhammer. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think that it's really something that you can, if you play well, if you play tactically, if you play to to keep yourself safe, usually you should be able to, to deal with it. And like, But I'll also say, like, I've had double turns taken against me that were absolute backbreakers. And that's the nature of the game, because I've also just jumped all over people when they when I got a double turn and I had a chance to, to do damage. When your bloodthirster just killed, like, three great unclean ones in one turn? Oh, man, that was amazing. <laughs> It was it was over two turns, but yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was one bloodthirster, right? Three great unclean one ones. One bloodthirster, three great unclean ones, and a unit of flies in three battle rounds. That's really retarded. <laughs> hey, hey, on this show, we say Lloyd. <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> That's fine. I'm gonna just put a beep like in the middle of it, so it's like Mongo Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> You just leave all of the word and then beep after so you can say that we edited it. Censored. It's not like Sam's going to listen to this. <laughs> I hope not. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like me and you are like, like, we're like, um... Bad people? No, like, you're Robert Baratheon and I'm Ned Stark, and like, he's like Stannis Baratheon, and no one likes him. <laughs> and, but you're, and you're, you're all like, you are the brother I chose. <laughs> I don't know why he's Irish, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and then you you get killed by a boar, and I get my head cut off, and that's the end. I have sex with really strange women. <laughs> you know, what's really funny. Spoiler. I'm sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you're just thinking about getting into Game of Thrones now, we just ruined the first season for you. Uh, don't read the first book either. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, fuck. You were going to actually say something, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, have you been into um, any shows or books or anything right now? Is that like a it's good thing to talk about? good friend of mine, Joseph Urban, he... I've never heard of him. Yeah, that's fine. You'll meet him eventually. You might like him. Probably won't. Yeah. He's really a subtle guy. Hmm. All of his jokes are very subtle. Uh, he turned me on to the, to the Soul Wars books. And I've been listening to the, the Soul Wars book, and it's really good. That's I've been, awesome. I've been really enjoying... It's so like I was listening to the book, and suddenly I actually identified with these Stormcasts and thought they were cool characters and cared when they lived or died or you know, actually sort of had a frame of reference, which I didn't have before. That's, so that's super cool. That's pretty sweet. It's, well written. It's, it's a good fantasy book. I would really recommend it. Wow. Yeah, I actually have that in my Audible... Um, Q. Um, our podcast is not sponsored by Audible. We're not Dan Carlin, and we're not Hardcore History. You're not going to hear that fucking commercial <laughs> at the end of this episode. Hey, but did you know that thanks to science, baldness is now fully preventable? Really, Jacob? How uh, come you haven't started yet? Because I'm poor. <laughs> oh, sorry. Science, it's for the rich. <laughs> um, science, it's magic for dumb people. <laughs> Um, speaking of magic for dumb people, I've been listening to 
uh, Best Served Cold. It's a Joe Abercrombie novel. Is that the one about filterfish? Yes, it's exactly because <laughs> it Joe is. Abercrombie. <laughs> Joe Abercrombie. Is Margot back from her vacation? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's back in a week. <laughs> Nice. I haven't seen my wife in two months. <laughs> Not exactly as much sex as usual. <laughs> that's great. And let me tell you, I haven't been cheating, so that should tell you something. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. You've got a kid on the way. Don't remind me. <laughs> uh, you have, have you guys thought about names for this girl? Yeah. Please tell me to be uh, Aomir. No, we were thinking... Um, like, you know how the, there's, like, Schmeagle and there's Deagle? <laughs> yeah. We were thinking about, like, Beagle, but then that's a dog. And then we were like... <laughs> Bugle? I don't know. How about... What about, like, Regal? Like, the Buick? Uh, what about Buick? I don't know. I was trying to think of... Some, I, like, I like Gertrude, but Lindsay doesn't really like Gertie. It's a nickname. Uh, I think Gertie is great, because that's the... The name of one of the famous SNL characters that um, Gilda Radner did. One of the characters was named Gertie. Gertie? I like just like Dirty Gertie from Bizzerti. I'm going to eat that pussy for Bizzerti. No fucking way! (laughs) Did you just do that on the spot? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to play that for Lindsay. This is pretty. It's it's pretty rough for a first go. Um, I mean, I'm I'm super down to do a a segment that we do each week, aside from mailbag and what you're working on. Um, I think it'd be fun to to like examine, maybe not in depth, but like the effects on the game that a couple units have. So be like, so let's talk today about evocators because everyone can take evocators as an ally, and let's see how they affect certain scenarios. Yeah, or something. that could be your thing. Oh, let's talk about LBO. We're all let's playing. Talk about, yeah, tournaments, upcoming events we're going to, we're excited about, what we're looking forward to. All right, so my first one would be LBO if I go to LBO. It's like up in the air because I do have my first child on the way. Um, it's been a very rough pregnancy for me. I think my wife's having a great time of it. Tell me more. How does your back feel? Uh, it hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. You put on weight? Yeah, a little bit. How about your knees? Or how's the swelling in your in your your breasts feeling? I feel like the milk's ready to start flowing. <laughs> Not that anyone wants to drink it. Yeah. Um. That was gross. Yeah, that's disgusting. We're taking that out definitely. That's what um, my wife says. <laughs> oh man, now I have to leave it in. That's <laughs> my wife also says. Oh god. Um. Yeah, but I definitely want to go to LVO this year. Um, yeah. I am registered. We're going to do the team tournament together, me and you, Jacob, right? So We're both going to wear banana costumes and carry on red lightsabers, and we will be the Banana and Skywalker team. I like that one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. We should do that. Yeah. I haven't told that joke before. Never. I've never heard that. It's so original. Or, or oh. Maybe, maybe um, like, we both dress up in Mandalorian bounty hunter gear. And where like have bowls of pasta with us, and we could be boba fettuccine. I think that it would be even better if we did that. But like we had fettuccine coming out of the back of our helmets, like we had like dreads. 
<laughs> like we were the Predator? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Or we could just be Boba Predicini. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> One of these episodes, we should just play a round of, <laughs> of Punderdome together. <laughs> no one will play that game with me. I don't have anyone that will play it with me. They're like, this is stupid. I'm like, why does Jacob have to live all the way in Nashville? Because <laughs> he wanted to marry somebody. Oh, God. Yeah. Should have married me. That's what I say every morning. <laughs> At least you'd be here for me. And, like, my wife is just gone for two months. You know, honestly, dude, my wife one time left for, like, two months to work. Did you get a lot of hobby done? I've been getting a lot of hobby done. <laughs> I got a lot of hobby done. I just literally, like, slept on Joe Urban's couch a lot. Yeah. And his cat Is that like my... when you lived when you lived in a, a garage? Are we going to go over this every time we talk? Every single one. Well, now I live in a basement, so I upgraded. <laughs> Sounds like you downgraded, but you up. No, it's definitely an upgrade. This place has heat. <laughs> Running water. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Wi-Fi is not as good, though. The Wi-Fi's better here, yeah. Everything's better in New York. So. Except for the water. The pizza just doesn't taste the same. Yeah, pizza isn't that good. All right, so you were talking about LVO. You're going to try to get your IDNF done. Are you thinking you're going to have Sylvaneth allies with that, or you're going to play IDNF for now and see how it plays as you as you yeah. actually get some games in? Yeah, I'm going to see. I'm like, It's going to be really hard for me to get some games in with uh, the not the whole not having... Anyway, any, any friends in... Uh, <laughs> New York to play the world Warhammer, oh, yeah, right. to play Warhammer with. So if anyone out there is listening and you want to make a new friend, I promise I won't bother you too much. I won't start any gang wars <laughs> with your family. <laughs> so no, yeah, I'm definitely looking to have it done by then. Uh, I think I could definitely do it. It's August. I got like yeah. six months. Yeah, you got time. And I'm gonna probably go on paternity leave in that time. So uh, when when's Lindsay do? September. Uh, yeah, in like a month. That's what I thought. It's pretty soon. What if you named your child Nurgling? I don't think my wife would be happy about that. As long as you can run faster than her and you get to the, the paper, like wherever you sign the birth certificate. Well, <laughs> no. Uh, so I have a couple tournaments coming up that I'm working on a Stormcast for. Oh, really? I'm going to Nova which is in D.C. area. It's actually, I think, in North Virginia, which is what NOVA stands for. Maybe in Maryland. Fuck, I don't know. Um, that is the weekend of Labor Day. And it's a two-day event, six games, which is a lot of games. Um, but, you know, Labor Day is the next day, so, like, I have that Monday off. If you do end up in, uh, in D.C. drinking with the guys, definitely check out the bar, Madam's Organ. If it's still there. I was there when I was, uh, like, 22. It was awesome. I thought you were going to say, like, 11. I was there when I was, like, 11. My dad took me. Sounds like Mario. Um, All right, so I'm going to that. And then in mid-September, I'm flying out to Manchester for the Facehammer GT, which is, I think, one of the larger major GTs in Britain. Is that Manchester, Massachusetts? Uh, No, it is Manchester, England. Manchester, Connecticut? I think it's Manchester, Boston. That's where you're from, right? I thought we were going to do this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm flying out with uh, David Griffin, who's one of the local Nashville guys, and Joe Urban from California, and Ed Phillips, who's also from the Oakland Bay Area. Uh, um, Ed Phillips is actually an English uh, citizen, right? So like, it's like you have... Yeah. Yeah, he has, he's got dual citizenship. 
I knew that. I thought that he his family was Spanish. No, they're Basque. But his dad, yeah, but his Spanish. dad, his dad was English. Oh. And Ed was born in England. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. You didn't know that? We've been I friends with the he... guy for like fucking six years, and no, you didn't he know officiated that? my wedding. I don't know shit about the guy. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could have been such a mistake. <laughs> I can't, it was so nice that Lindsay was like, "We could have Ed marry us," and I was like, "I don't know if we should let this guy do that twice." Yeah. The fact that he was nice at at my wedding basically guarantees that he'd be shitty at yours. Yeah. These two people love each other. Let me tell you about love. When I worked in porn and was fist deep in Annabelle. Oh my god. <laughs> Four I mean, inch studded butt plug. That's his microphone check. His microphone on. Four inch studded butt plug. Yeah. I can't wait for him to listen to this. Are you and on be the like, right I... side of the groom side? Doesn't matter. Butt plugs for everybody. <laughs> oh my god. You make him the godfather of your child. I actually am not going to baptize my child. That's good. Religion's stupid. And there go the rest of our listeners. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, I, this is in Rage of Sigma. Have you ever, have you ever, um, there was like a, I can't remember who he is. He's like a big board game reviewer and he's like a real big Christian dude. And he reviewed Chaos in the Old World, the board game. And he's like, I'm not really sure how I feel about the aesthetic of this game. <laughs> <laughs> it was like printed on human skin. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Uh, oh, right. So Manchester butt plugs. Uh, that's another tournament I'm going to. Oh, and then uh, a, a, new, a new tournament that actually just got announced is the Chaos GT, which is October 15th and 16th, and that's going to be in Huntsville, Alabama, run by a guy named Jacob Burleson. He's a great guy, and he's obsessed with Warhammer. He's got like some Rain Man ability to recount some of his games. If you have like an hour and a half to waste, ask him about a game of Warhammer that he played two years ago and he will tell you roll for roll everything that happened. That's the that's dude that was at the tournament you just went to, right? You were telling me about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds like a nice guy. It's in He's Alabama really though? Yeah. I can never justify taking time off from living in the greatest city in the world to go to one of the worst states in the Union. I'm, I'm I mean, they, they're not in the Union by their choice. Oh my god, I gotta edit that out. But no, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a tough trip. <laughs> right, so I think there's 30 spots available. It's being held either at a. I think it's being held at a brewery. Okay. So, what, can I fly to your house or. Yeah, yep. All definitely. Right. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that, but maybe next year. Yep, I'm definitely excited. I haven't told my wife I'm going to it yet. I'm actually. I'm, I'm not sure how the beer situation is going to work, but I was going to try to, like, buy a keg or two and, like, do the, the same thing that we used to do at QCR where you can buy a, like, a, a glass and then that glass gets you unlimited drinks from the, the keg until it's gone. That's a good idea. Now, how are you going to hire a porn star to dish out the drinks to everybody? Oh, man, I wasn't there that year. Uh, I mean, my plan was just, like, buy the, the keg for the brewery and tell them like if someone has this glass just fill it and you'll still get tips because if it's at a brewery they're just going to have shit on tap they should have beer right I don't know they're what if they're like, like what if they're like brewing like uh, kombucha kombucha I love kombucha dude <laughs> that's like the that's my wife's safe word for when we want to leave somewhere we just say kombucha to each other do you really yeah why did you keep saying kombucha at my wedding <laughs> you're screaming it on top of our lung yeah I didn't so, understand that. Yeah, it means congratulations. 
like L'chaim, but it's yeah, Italian. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Puerto Rican for L'chaim. <laughs> Doesn't L'chaim mean to life? Yeah, it does. Oh. How did I know that? Mazel tov is the congratulations one. Oh, yeah. Gosh, such no. a good Jew, Joe. My parents are going to be so proud. I'm like a better Jew than you are, and you're Jewish. I'm the worst Jew. I know. So, um, I realized that when I'm painting while podcasting, I don't really paint yep. as well as I do when I'm not. Well, to be fair, when you paint when you're not podcasting, you don't really paint well. The fuck did you just say? <laughs> Said your hobby's shit, Joe. Thanks. This is the worst thing I ever did to myself. Really? You got married. What? Um, I think this is as good a place as any to to go into our next steps and what we expect to have done before our next podcast. Okay. Can you start? So you know first. You, what? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, between now and our next show, which should be coming out on the 16th of August, uh, <laughs> I will have finished my Stormcast Army. My wife will have returned from, we'll say, California. Who really knows? And like, wow, Margo, you uh, got like a really nice tan. And why is your hair in cornrows? And <laughs> why, why are you are wearing you, an I, 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 heart, an I Heart Jamaica t-shirt? <laughs> Also, who's this Brad? He keeps texting you. Did you work with him? Did you meet Will Smith? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be the end of my marriage. That's her, like, that's the one person on her celebrity pass list. I know. That's why, that's why I brought it up. Oh, man. Yeah, he brings it up. Um, yeah, no, I don't actually have shit. I was just, I wanted to tell you to go first on a segment that we had never talked about. <laughs> Oh, man. Cool. We can stop pretending to be on a podcast and just talk now? No. You're going to stop talking to me now? Or you want to keep pretending to be on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. No to which one? I don't know. You're going to listen back. You know, we've we've been watching Glow. Have you watched Glow yet? I love Glow. I haven't watched the second season. Yeah, it's pretty... I think the main character is just so fucking annoying sometimes, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the worst, but I... Have the biggest crush on her. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you think you're going to listen to this podcast, don't you? No, I can see. Yeah, no, I don't think no, she's hot either. I, no, I can see. Like she's your type, definitely. <laughs> she's definitely your type. She's, she's pretty Jewy for my type. <laughs> you think so? You don't. She's a like dark-haired brunette who is strong and whines a lot. Yeah, that's kind of your wife. Dude, oh, <laughs> fuck I'm, you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, like thin and dark haired, and probably not going to be happy if she was with you. Like that's your wife, dude. Hey, are you going to get Doomseeker? No. Really? I bought um, Total War, and even had. Remember, I had Scaletti like partition my hard drive, and it like he, I lost all my files because he doesn't know what he's doing. You do know Doomseeker is a card game and not a computer game. I do not, and will not. <laughs> no, yeah, it looks awesome, dude. It's like a kind of like a resource collecting competitive card game where everyone is a slayer, 
and you keep having to do like insane risky shit and, and well, you, the goal is to die with like the most renown. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Do you um do you like take turns doing guitar solos or like everyone <laughs> does them together? Everyone has to do uh, finger tapping air guitar solos. So like just like meedly 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 meedly. It's gonna. That sounded really good. Oh, thanks, dude. Oh, I finally saw Infinity War. What'd you think? Uh, that was a very spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um. I, what I'm gonna do is if we're gonna yell anytime it's we do sp- <laughs> anytime there's a spoiler when I'm editing it, I'm gonna edit out like at this timestamp you can skip to the spoilers, but it's always gonna be right before we give away the biggest spoiler. So they'll be like, <laughs> at this timestamp you can skip to the spoilers after the spoilers of Infinity War. And it's like, and then Peter Parker just crumbles in the dust, <laughs> leaves Tony Stark alone on the planet. Like you can you can skip to this to like avoid this uh, Infinity War spoiler, and we'll just spoil Game of Thrones instead. And then they cut Ned Stark's head off, dude. That's crazy. I don't uh, think he's coming back. Yeah. All right. So, but for real, Infinity War. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I did until the end. I just felt like the end. The character you liked? Well, that's not even that. Like, I'm okay with characters dying. I'm just not okay with like unresolved conflict at the end of like a three-hour movie. You know what I mean? Like. Like, Lord of the Rings. One of my favorite movies, obviously. And Lord of the Rings Wedding. But, like, every single Lord of the Rings ends with some sort of conflict resolution. Like, the Fellowship of the Ring ends with the Fellowship breaking apart and Boromir dying. And then, you know, Aragorn has to deal with, uh, whatever that guy's name is. The fucking orc. And, yeah, I can't remember his name. Holy shit. Anyway, so they, they they have that duel. And then it's like... It like has like a climax and conflicts resolved, and then it continues with the story. So like Age of Ultron does that too for the Avengers. So then you like have like you know the two towers for you know Lord of the Rings the two towers. You know you have like the whole big siege of, of uh, Helm's Deep, and Gandalf comes saves the day. Blah blah. blah. Isengard's defeated. What about Conflict. the Rohirrim? What about him? when was that? Well, when they come and help Gandalf save the day. Yeah, was that in the Hobbit? No, that's in... What are you talking about? That's in The Two Towers. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if I was talking about the same movie. Have you, are, 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 you, are you serious? No, I, re- I really like the, the Two Towers. Um, that, was, that was the good one where they, they're like, and this is not that day! Have you only seen these movies once? Uh, no, no, no. I, I definitely haven't. <laughs> All right. Um, fucking love yeah, yeah I know it's like getting having like stomach pains right now it's cause you eat like shit thanks man I've been on a diet for two weeks and now I'm gonna break it good at least now laborers won't steal your lunch ah oh, I told you about that anyway <laughs> um so yeah so you didn't like uh, you didn't I, like that there was a lack of resolution to the conflict yeah it wasn't well, really... they, didn't, they didn't get the big bad yeah, which I'm I'm almost okay with if it felt like like I felt like the movie just ended like it that shit needed to happen 20 minutes before the movie ended. You know what I mean? There so needed you to get be to see people dealing with it. Yeah, just a little bit of it, like a little bit of resolution to it. Like mm-hmm. if it would have been like if it would have ended with like like all right. First off, I didn't like the opening because I loved Thor Ragnarok. I thought that movie was hilarious. I really enjoyed everything about it. So I, those characters dying bothered you? Well, then. Like, I wanted to see their death. You know what I mean? I wanted to feel like they were worth 
Right. It wasn't just like, oh, and there's the fight. Oh, shit, they're dead. Wow. Yeah, like, it literally, it literally just starts off with, like, Loki dying, and then Thor, the ship blows up, and then everyone, the next time that all that gets reintroduced is when the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, fly into their corpse field. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so I guess the fucking Maori rock guy is dead, my favorite character in anything ever. Piss off, ghost! <laughs> Yeah, like, that's like my, I thought he was the shit, you know what I mean? I really and, want him to be named, like, Brett or Jermaine. Yeah. I pronounce it Brit. <laughs> I don't know what his name was. Is it Moog or Morg or... I, I, I feel like that's a keyboard, the name of a keyboard company. Uh, I just, he was great. <laughs> oh, goodbye, new dog. <laughs> dog always said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I... I really like so like I'm saying it's like I just I felt like some of those characters deserved a little bit better um, justice than they got and uh, I understand also that when you're talking about making a movie of that kind of budget with that many like special character like main characters like you know I mean like an Avengers movie is always like you're talking about like the star of like several different franchises you have Chris Hemsworth who costs a lot of money Mark Ruffalo is going to cost a lot of money you have Robert Downey Jr. who's going to cost a fuckload of money you got yep. uh, what's Scarlett f- Johansson and Chris Evans and Chris Pratt and exactly like Joy Saldana. Like the list goes on. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's her name from Doctor Who? I don't watch it. Uh, God, what the Karen Gillan? She's uh, who's oh my God, Nebula. But oh. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't really know her. Yeah, but like they're all like everyone, even like in supporting Everyone's roles. Yep. Yeah, everyone Benedict in Yeah. So, that was pretty brutal. And, like, you know, there was just... It was, like, nonstop, like, giving you information, but I almost felt like they could have made that into two movies with a lot more to it. Yeah, they probably could have made the whole Infinity War series into a trilogy. Yeah, and they're where they're doing it in two, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, would, it probably would have been better as a trilogy, just because, like... I don't know, man. It's just... It, yeah, if they, if they just saved their money from... The Harry Potter movies and only made Deathly Hallows one movie and then use that money to make three Infinity Wars instead of two. I think that makes a lot of sense. Because then you can leave out the like, weird Harry and Hermione sex scene. <laughs> like, didn't make any sense. It was super hot. Like, I've, I've, I've snapped, I've like gifified it so I have it on my phone, which is really cool. Uh, but like, just didn't make any that's sense. My that's my favorite scene in any movie ever. Why would she ever want you? Uh, he's the chosen one. <laughs> so fucking funny. It's just bad. Oh my god, that's probably like the best acting out of any actor ever is Rupert Grant in that scene. Just looking like he's <laughs> they're been... gonna eat her, <laughs> and then they're gonna eat me. <laughs> what about Rupert Grant in like the last movie? He just looks like he's been crying the whole time. Like, yeah. Well, I guess he saw Emma's like Emma Watson and, and Daniel Radcliffe's paychecks compared to his own. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, maybe because they're both somebody, and he's Rupert Grint. Have you ever seen that? It's like an English TV show, and this guy's like walks up to Rupert Grint in the airport. He's dressed like an airport, like someone who works for like Delta Airlines or whatever. And he's like, "Hey, Rupert." I really love, I loved you in this movie or whatever, and I just, I wrote this script, and I know it's perfect, I just need a real English actor to play to my main character, it's going to make this movie so great, and I really, I want you to just give this script <laughs> to Daniel Radcliffe. 
<laughs> and Rupert Grint takes it. He fucking takes it. It's like, oh man, dude, you're better than that, Rupert. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, poor bastard. We have not talked about Warhammer at all. We talked a little bit about it. Yeah. But the reason I like the podcasts I listen to is because I like the people on them, and then they talk about Warhammer. Like, right, like uh, if yeah. I like the Warhammer you talk about, but I don't like you, I'm not going to listen to it. There's some podcasts out there. I think they do a good job of talking about Warhammer, but the guys on them, I don't love their. I just don't. I don't feel anything for their their presence, so I don't really. It, it's it's hard for me to keep going with it. But there's some where the the people are hilarious and their take on Warhammer is fine. <laughs> Maybe it's not even good. But the dwellers below, they're hilarious, but their opinions are shit. <laughs> they haven't played Warhammer in four years and they just got back together. Shout out to the dwellers below. It's the reason I got into podcasting. It's like well, we do. We, we get our our personalities to come through, and then the rest comes with it. Yeah, so back to what we were really talking about, Infinity War. Right. It was okay. <laughs> like, Short story really <laughs> significantly long. I didn't think it was that long. Like, I thought it could have been longer. Like, that's how I felt. Like, it was only two and a half hours long. Yeah. And I've watched several movies. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched every extended edition of every single Lord of the Rings movie. Even the Hobbit ones? Yeah. Where there's more than one song per movie? I know. Oh, God. I love songs. Yeah. Actually, they add so much. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Deathly Hallows had more songs. Um, do you remember that weird, in the weird, like, Harry and Hermione, like, dancing together scene? Like, there's, like, that song that plays? Yeah. But you've never heard anywhere else, and they'll never yeah. hear anywhere else again? Yes. Who wrote that? Kevin. Kevin. What a guy. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. I think this podcast is run its course. All right. Well, this is the series finale. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you to all two of our listeners. I can't wait to edit this and find out we only have 12 minutes of actual content. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is it's probably not even that. Yeah, I know. All right, dude. Well, uh, good first episode. I'm going to fuck around and maybe make some intro music. Or, oh, you know what? I'm just going to use you singing. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you uh, a sample uh, when I get it figured out. Sounds good, man. All right. Uh, This is a rage quit. Or what? (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. Not rage rage quit. (laughs) Rage of Sigmar. Uh, Episode one. The Phantom oh, Menace. Yeah. Real, real quick, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Big Jables, and you can find Joe on Instagram at The War O Fart. <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. Of Sigmar Podcast. On Twitter, or you can email us at rageofsigmar at gmail.com. We're going to read one or two of the best emails or tweets we get each episode on the next episode, and we'll probably talk shit to you. So get ready for that, Hannah.